That's a podcast. That's a podcast. It's your podcast. Get your weekend here. <laughs> Dude, I am sitting in a chair. Right. Here this we are. World first. <laughs> um, I'm not in bed. I'm yep. sitting at a desk. Um, uh, it feels good. feels good Ooh. to be here. feels good to be sitting up. You got a nice comfy chair? You got a gamer chair? Oh, no. Oh, no. It's <laughs> it's definitely from the 80s. Uh, very yep. squeaky. Yep. Uh, podcast listeners are going to pick that up. Uh, this is your cat. <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> right. uh, how you doing, dude? Um, yeah, no, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Feeling fresh and, and breezy. It's got the week the weekend ahead of me, and um, yeah, should be should be a good time. Nice. You've been so, playing any games? Yeah, man, I have. I have. Let me oh, talk about shit. the games I've been playing. Oh my god. Um, played a bunch of Hi-Fi Rush this week. Oh fuck yeah! Really enjoying. Yeah, that game is so good. Right. It's um. It actually made me giggle at a certain point. Like the humor so far, like up until that point had been like, oh yeah, I kind of get it. You know, like the mm-hmm. whatever um, stuff we were talking about last week about the sarcastic protagonist and he's really dumb and just not really that likable. Um, yeah. And everyone else on the in the team is like, you know, kind of sick of his shit as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there was some good physical comedy at one point. I was like very impressed. Yeah, um, cool. And yeah, man, just the, the set pieces and the bosses and even the music that's just constantly pumping. It's uh, it's always good. Yeah, um, my my only well, I got, I got a couple of gripes, but one of the bigger gripes is like that first boss you fight, hmm. you like just like hoe down to a nine inch nails song, and so yep. I was I was hoping like all the bosses would Had have licensed like, music. Exactly, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, I, I think there are quite a few more licensed tracks but they seem to have spread them pretty far apart from that initial one yeah yeah i haven't i, mean, I haven't had another one so you know yeah i i think like the, you know they open with nine inch nails whether you've got more licensed music or not that opening still fucking rules <laughs> totally totally um yeah uh so yeah i've been playing a little bit of that uh i've been playing some age of empires 2 actually <laughs> oh my god, how's that going? Is so is is this a remaster or just it's like available on Steam again or something? It's free on Game Pass and I think it's free on Steam. Um right. it's the definitive edition. So it's not okay. like a remaster or anything. It's just like I guess it has all of the expansions or whatever in it. Mm-hmm. Um what does it say here? Uh, 20 year legacy returns modernized gameplay all new 4k visuals 8 player multiplayer and a host of other new features oh so i guess it has been touched up it looks the same to me as i remember it back in the day right um that's so it funny in the new green box it's like 4k now and it was probably what 480p back in the new green <laughs> yeah, box yeah <laughs> you're like it looks exactly the same <laughs> it's yeah that's dude that's that the nostalgia goggles just really fogging up on me um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. It's uh, I'm playing with a dude at the office, and he apparently used to be like one of the top two in the country at one point. Like he oh, used Jesus. to really sweat this game. Yeah. Wow. Um, so are you just getting decimated by this? Yeah, guy? pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know how to control my army or like the proper way to like counter units. My economy's good. Like I can do good build order and build fast and you know resource management, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can build a big army, which is good. Like I've had right. multiple points where I've like 
been ahead of him in terms of like headcount for the army and right and then i'll attack him and then he just decimates me with less units and i'm like what's going on like i can't <laughs> i don't know how to control my guys or like the correct way to like you know set up where the archers go all that sort of stuff i just throw right. it i drag select everyone and i throw them into the meat grinder <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah, so I've been playing a little bit of that, which has been a good time. And uh, another one? Oh, I finished um, Moon Scars. Oh, yeah. Which is what I actually thought for a, a little while this week. I thought Moon Scars was the... Um, today was the Moon Scars episode, but it's not. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm a little I bit mean, early. Friendly reminder for the listeners. Moon Scars app next week. Um, yeah. And we will dissect and discuss. Totally. Big dissection happening. Um, yeah, I so Moonscars was finished. Um, what else did I do? I feel like I did one more. Um, that might be it though. I can't think of anything else. Nice. That's a that's a pretty solid and varied lineup. Yeah, yeah. How about you, man? Did you play any video games? Yeah, dude. Oh man, I just been smashing Halo with. Oh Phoebe. yeah, 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 yeah. We uh we finished it last night, and it's just. It's is it? It's weird to me that I just feel like it's still the best co-op experience. Yeah, wow. Well, uh, it's been it's like twenty one years old, twenty two years old now, and it's just yeah. so tight. It's crazy how good that game is. Yeah, um, yeah. Just mainly been playing that. Honestly, haven't really been playing um, much much solo stuff. Um, I mean, cool. I literally play Slay the Spire every week, but I just don't talk about it. So I guess that, <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> it's just always brewing in the background. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I heard uh, TV got yeah. like 200 plus hours in it now or something. Oh, I'm sure it's over 300 at this oh point. Oh my God. It's like, yeah, Amazing. I'm, I'm very far in. I've, I've almost got all four characters to like the, the kind of top difficulty. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just insane where they've done such a good job with the core design that losing is still enjoyable and it doesn't kind of stop you from wanting to play another run. And it's just, yeah, yeah it's just insane. I've just been playing it for like three years now. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, hell yeah. Oh, I actually remember I, I also played the entirety of what remains of Edith Finch, which isn't hard to do. It's like a two hour game, but. Oh, I've heard um, that that's real good. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's an old game now, like compared to some of the other stuff we've been talking about, it's an old game, but uh, mm -hmm. it's still quite pretty and uh, some really cool little things going on in there that, that I think I think you would like. Right, yeah. I mean, it's been recommended to me a bunch, so I'm just yeah. kind of waiting for the stars to align. But that's cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's like seven bucks right now on the Epic Store. Oh, you don't have Epic Store. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting you're not PC. Uh, it's all good. Goddamn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, that's that's pretty much been the games. Been, Hell yeah. Been a very gamery week, I feel, this week. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to talk a little bit of Slay the Spire later on in this episode, but have you got uh, any chicken wings for us? I sure do. I sure do. Tilt the head back and dislocate that jaw, <laughs> um, Titan style, and I will feed you these chickens. All right. Feed me that thick protein. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Every week you come up with a new way to describe the chicken, and it's disgusting. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I mean, you're the wet gamer mouth dude, so like Yeah, you know. ever since I did that you've had to like one up at every single time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um so it's been a pretty pretty good week for news this week. I mean we've had a few different things going on. We had um the uh, Nintendo Direct that, that popped up. Like, oh, I think yeah. it was yesterday. Yeah. Um and anything, I, anything I, good? Look, no. Um, <laughs> Just more like farming sims? <laughs> dude, it's, it wasn't farming sims this time. It was JRPGs. Right, okay. It was just endless, endless JRPGs. Um, and also they talked about a Metroid game. Uh, <laughs> it's like a Metroid remaster. I, I actually don't care. You know, I don't care. <laughs> At this point, Metroid can just be done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably just some remaster of an old Metroid game that they're charging full price for, and the game's like thirty years old or something. Like, probably. I mean, I'm being super judgmental right now. I have no idea, but that would not surprise me. I think you're right. I think you're 100 percent right. Um, <laughs> so the the entire I, I I tried to watch it, but I was like on YouTube and I wasn't doing it live, and so like the entire um direct was like I don't know 45 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I skipped, my experience watching it was probably 45 seconds long. Like I skipped <laughs> all of it. I just got to each new title and was like, I don't care about this. I don't care about this. I don't really care about this. Uh-huh. Not, uh-huh. not in like a super, like, I don't know. I'm better than all of these people kind of thing. It's just like, I don't, I'm not <laughs> interested are, in these Joe. games. I don't want to play these JRPGs. I'm sure there's people out there that really want to, but I do not. Oh yeah. I mean, JRPGs are huge. It's just weird that like Nintendo doesn't seem to be able to like get some variety into their like press releases or whatever. You know, yeah. they're just like last one was the farming sim press release and now it's the JRPG press release and like who knows what will be next? Maybe action RPGs? That'd be alright. Who knows? So probably probably something back to it's just, it's just gonna go back to farming games, I would, I would say. <laughs> That's all the Switch can run at this point. It's so sad, man. Like it really needs to they need to do something with this hardware. They really yeah. do. Well, it's a bit weird, right? Because I heard that um they're looking at releasing the Switch Pro this year. Yeah. But it's been six years already, yeah. like at right now since the Switch came out. And yeah. it's just like, shouldn't, like, if you're releasing the Switch Pro now, like, shouldn't you be looking at Switch 2 or like whatever the next thing is going to be? I know there's yeah. like chip shortages and all that kind of thing, but it just feels very strange that six years in they're releasing the Pro model. Like, that doesn't seem um, very informed. Yeah. And it seems like. For me, the thing that they'd be trying to do would be, like, make it all backwards compatible or whatever, or forwards. Like, you could probably buy mm. Switch Pro games on the Switch but have to run it at, like, a lower frame rate and resolution or whatever. Like, mm, they really need yeah. to be like, hey, new new thing, you know? Like, this thing... You can't play these new Switch games on your old Switch. You have to buy the new one. I mean, yeah, even third-party games now aren't running that well on the no. Switch. Like, yeah. I've been burnt a bunch where like there wasn't a demo available but like i just saw some gameplay or heard it was good and i was like i'm just gonna buy that and it just runs like ass on the switch mm, mm. so anyway the entire uh direct felt like scaffolding which was holding up the new breath of the wild trailer i was about um, to say surely they talked about zelda they did yeah yeah there was a trailer um look i don't think it's worth seeing if you're trying to be surprised when you play the new zelda game like they showed off a few couple things a few couple they showed off a couple um, <laughs> things that i was like oh i would have rather not seen this just show me a little cutscene or something like right yeah um, i mean yeah that's that's how it is yeah that's that's what they do 
Um, yeah. But it looks good. It looks good. Um, it cool. looks like a, they're pushing the hardware as far as they can. And it's kind of a bit like my boss said, imagine this game on like current hardware. And I was like, right, like this would be so dope. Uh, mm. Well, really I mean, do some cool maybe, stuff. Yeah, maybe it's the equivalent to The Last of Us. You know, that shit came out on PS3 and runs like it's on PS4. Yeah, yeah, or even like The Last of Us Part Two, which is a PS4 game, which looks oh, like a God. PS5 game. Like, yeah, legit, yeah. legit. Yeah, dude, I I ran that shit on my standard ten-year-old PS4, not quite ten years old, but really old. No loading, amazing graphics. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. That's Naughty Dog for you. That's just a Naughty Dog right there. Naughty um, Dog horror game win. Yeah, was that rumored or were we just no no. You just talked about that, okay. and you, you, like, planted the seed, and now it's all I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, all right. So that's one bit of news. Next piece of news is uh, Xbox, Sony, and uh, Nintendo won't be a part of E3 2023. Okay. <laughs> so what is going to be at E3? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, or maybe, I mean, maybe this is a turn for the best, and it's just going to be, like, a big, fat kind of indie showcase. Could be. Could be. That'd be cool. Kick my dog out of the room. He's being noisy. Get out. That's good. Standing around, scratching on, on himself, just making a ruckus. Um, what is this? Yeah. Um, yeah, so who, like, it might be like Square, Enix, um, what's the other one? Capcom. I don't know, man. I feel like there's just going to be no one there. Like, who... He's going to show up if it's just the smaller people who usually are there to get the, you know, crowd flow from the bigger people. That's kind of... Oh, I see you know what, what you're saying. saying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll wait and see because, you know, EA had their own press conference. Sega had their own press conference. Who can forget that fucking Sonic concert? Ugh. Um. So, yeah, maybe it's going to be like a publisher-developer dealio rather than, I mean, obviously Sony and Microsoft and stuff are publishers, but, yeah, like just without kind of the hardware-type stuff going on. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, it seems as though it's sort of... I mean, it's, it feels like it's been on its last legs for a couple of years now, and this feels like it's just like, oh, all right, no one's really super duper keen on e3 anymore and fair enough i guess yeah yeah i mean there's a whole thing around e3 being designed for shareholders and like mm. i don't know anything about that kind of side of the deal yeah nor do i <laughs> i love that like people are tuning into this podcast and we're like yeah we don't know why nintendo's doing that we don't know what's going on with e3 there's just a bunch of weird shit going on yeah the, uh, we don't know we don't know. <laughs> if you come here to find things out, the shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, mm, something else. Um, no, that's it. That's all I got. One more piece of news um, is that Harry Potter came out, the the new Harry Potter game. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the RPG. The action legacy. RPG. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's Legacy. Um, and it looks cool. You know, I'm not going to play it, um, but it looks cool. I just don't like Harry Potter. Like, I just don't, you know, I don't enjoy it. I don't know why so many people get into it. It just looks like generic, so generic to me. Um, I don't know. I mean, anyway. it's generic at this point, but like for our generation, it was kind of like the first time 
we were made aware of like a huge saga yeah you know like like a seven-year-olds and eight-year-olds can pick up that first harry potter book like eight-year-olds can't pick up the fellowship of the ring like that shit is yeah. fucking dense you know so like yeah. i i feel like for, for our generation it really kind of exploded because it got us at such a young age um, yeah yeah i mean look i have fond memories of like my dad reading me the first three books as a kid like i right, like, right. You know, get into bed and he would like read to us kids um yeah so that was good but i i from the after the third book i just kind of fell off and i watched i haven't even seen all the movies like I, yeah i just don't have that much interest anyway whatever all of this is to say <laughs> that i don't have interest in playing this game but the story is that um streamers are being uh, being harassed on twitch and various other streaming platforms by folks saying you know if you're playing this game you're supporting uh the turf uh and uh and uh you know just actively giving her money um to do her dark deeds and um to that i say just shush <laughs> just, shush. <laughs> just let yeah. people enjoy things a little you know i mean it's it's more complicated than that and mm. like i can fucking guarantee she had nothing to do with that game like yeah. she's just getting the paycheck the paycheck the, the paycheck, paycheck. The paycheck at the end, which is just going to be fucking colossal, regardless of who you harass. <laughs> I know. So, like, if you want to harass someone, harass her. Like, she's using yeah. her platform and her, like, status as, uh, as an iconic author to be a fucking idiot. So, yeah. like, don't harass people, you know, who might have been born after the Harry Potter books yeah. were popular <laughs> and are just playing a new game. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, it's just, yeah. I, I, I saw this um, TikTok that was like, uh, you know, these people who are harassing these streamers, it feels as though they're sort of going after just getting some good boy internet points. Like, yeah, there's so many ways that you could be standing up to, you know, JK Rowling by like, you know, um, boycotting the Lego that she sells or like going to um, Universal, which she gets a cut of every ticket and boycotting them, you know, like. There's all yeah. these avenues by which you could be like saying that, you know, JK Rowling is a terrible person. And so I'm not, you know, I'm actively shunning those who consume these other types of media, but just because there's this new Harry Potter video game, you feel the need to go and like, you know, flame the chat of these poor streamers who are just trying to like cover the game. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it feels I, so like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like, just... a, like an easy get right it's just classic it was like when i was i was working as a project manager and like poor management was just seeing people think that the latest thing was of the highest priority yeah. like they didn't have the ability to apply critical thinking and like look at the whole picture they were just like this is happening right now so this is the highest priority and like yeah. it's rare that that's the case and i think this is just another example of that even though it's obviously not managing it managing because people are doing their own bullshit things but yeah it's similar yeah yeah totally a good analogy you know it's always that recency bias sort of playing mm. at play you know here's the big new thing and so it's at the front of everyone's minds and we only seem to have the attention of like two days these days yeah so exactly it's you know it's just uh it's just the youth these days. Old man yell at cloud. That's why. <laughs> um, well, I got some happy-go-lucky bag chips. I love a bag uh -oh. chip. Fling it uh, out, gaping more. 
<laughs> uh, shameless self plug. Uh, the Death Ooh. Door review is up on BallApp.net. Let's go. And, and um, Calvin Clone, who's a Melbourne artist, uh, musicians uh, have asked me to review their album, which releases on the 17th of February. So <laughs> Sick. Keep an eye out for that review. Uh, um, not just video games, a bit of music in there. Yeah, well, that wasn't the plan, but, you know, they asked me and there are no rules, so I'm doing it. Yeah, there are no rules, that's right. Very good. <laughs> um, and uh, a gamer person by the name of... Um, they're a Chinese Hades player, mm. uh, and their name is Safonzo slash Wan B. So I'm not sure if that's just like different interpretations of the Chinese characters used for their name. Um, but anyway, Safonzo slash Wan B has beat Hades on 64 Heat, which is the highest difficulty, and no one had done it up wow. until this week. Cool. Um, and and it's huge. Like the community has been trying to do this for years now, and you know people have been one second away from doing it and not being able to pull it off. Oh. And so, to see someone finally do it is just huge for that community, especially like after Hades Two has been announced. Like it's just, man, Super Giant just must be so stoked with themselves. Yeah, I mean. That's really interesting because if they have that level of difficulty in the game, it implies that it's possible, right? Like that, you know, that someone must have tested it and been able to do it, or maybe they like ran AI and simulated the way that it could yeah. have been possible. No, I don't. I don't know if any of the devs has have done it. I don't right. think they have. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> they just put it in the game, like, yeah, hey, you you might be able to do this. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the difficulty, the way the difficulty is set up in Hades is like top tier so basically um you have this like once you beat the final boss uh for the first time you unlock this like pact and you're able to change all these things um that give you more rewards but make the game harder right um and the the kind of suggested top difficulty is 32 heat so that's like you get achievements for you know beating it on 32 heat um mm. But if you turn everything up, so, like, you can give the bosses new movesets, you can give all the enemies armor, you can um, have a timer on, so, you you oh know, you've God. only got a certain amount of time each level. It, there's just lots of things you can do. Um, and, like, when I did it, I did it on 32 Heat. I found it really difficult. Like, when I did it, I was like, yes! Yeah. Um, you know, I was jumping around. So, like, 64 Heat, I cannot imagine the kind of... Yeah, but it would just be insane. I would, I would not par make it past the first couple of rooms on sixty four. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's wild. And so, did this person stream this? And can we watch yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of a bit difficult to find, but it's clipped on Reddit. Um, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I uh, tried to search for it this morning because I wanted to get their name right. And, like, I just couldn't find it anywhere. I had yeah. to find, like, that original Reddit post where I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I will yeah. check that out. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. I'm sure when, I, I, when I'm looking at it, I'll just have no idea what's going on. Um, but I, I'm still keen to get behind it. Like, I, I like watching stuff like that, even though I don't really know or understand. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it just feels, like, important somehow, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like Hades is a, is a well-loved game. I talk about it all the time, and just to have, like, that top difficulty smashed open, like, years after release. Yeah. I don't, 
I don't feel like that happens. Like, usually when a game comes out, someone has mastered it in, like, 72 hours. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Hell yeah, man. Love that. Love the news. Love you. Hell yeah. Listen <laughs> I love you too, brother. All right, um, all right. And I also love roguelikes and roguelites, and we're going to talk <laughs> about them today. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So... Shit. I wanted to uh, talk about Rogue exploring the Dungeons of Doom, which is like, you know, the basis for the etymology of roguelike. Like, Rogue is is ground zero. Mm. Um, and uh, I've actually been playing a bit of Rogue, which has been really fun. I feel oh. like uh, this has been a really cool topic to research because I actually got to do some, like, practical research. Yes. Um, all right. And I've, like... I had so much fun last week where your notes were scattered yeah. that I've like consciously scattered my notes. No so this way. could be this could be a fucking train wreck or <laughs> not. So we'll just we'll see how we go. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Very, the way my brain works is like an, an enigma. Like there's no rhyme or reason. So I'm so excited. I'm so keen to see how how you go with this. Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh my god. All right. So um, we'll start off before we like get into the games and gameplay and all that kind of stuff i'll give you a bit of background for like what happened mm. um so like um kind of similar to to when i was talking about action rpgs um and i was talking about how they were developed at universities and it wasn't actually easy to nail down like exact dates of when things were developed and released and that kind of thing um same with rogue so rogue was developed around 1980 also um at a university, the University yep. of Santa Cruz. Yep. Uh, so we've got a, a Michael Toy and a Glenn Witchman. Um, so Great they're names. kind <laughs> Yeah, Toy and Witchman, excellent yeah. names. Um, so so they're kind of the names that that pop up um when when you go back and look at the history of, of Rogue. And we kind of had a um, you know, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak type deal where like we had toy being the main programmer and Witchman was kind of um heading the game design mm. um and i feel like whenever i look at these startup stories from like the 70s and 80s it's always like one person being the super nerd and the other person having like the the forest in mind rather than the trees if that yeah, makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so, like, they were, while they were at uni, they were studying computer science. They were, um, you know, making board games in their spare time. Um, they developed a bunch of prototypes. But one of their kind of main criticisms for a lot of the games they were playing was that there was a lack of replayability. And they were like, oh, man, you got to spend so much money on, like, a board game or whatever. And then you play it a couple of times and you kind of feel like you've experienced it. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, fast forward to 1982, uh, Mr. Michael Toy, dude was spending too much time developing Rogue and got kicked out of uni. Oh, no um, way. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of interesting that like, he, dude was studying computer science and got kicked out for kind of developing a video game. And I feel like th that kind of thing... I don't know, maybe it's just because it was the early 80s and everyone was like, there's no future in video games yeah. or like, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if, if I don't know the story, but if you were Michael Toy, you would try and convince your lecturers to kind of, 
I don't know, shape your grading around the project that you're working on. Because, yeah. like, I don't know, as a lecturer, if you're looking at someone who's working within the field and they're really passionate about something, I feel like you'd find a way to kind of um, make it work. But I guess maybe, like, Michael Toy was, like, skipping class or something and just, like, coding Rogue or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Toy got kicked out. Um, and he, he kind of took Rogue with him. Um, so Winchman obviously still being attributed as a big part of, of getting Rogue off the ground. But yeah, when, when Toy left uni in, in the early 80s, um, he took Rogue with him, continued developing it, um, picked up some other mates. And then by 1984, uh, this publisher called Epics picked it up and were like, uh, yeah, we can, we can work with this. And so... Wait, wait. What, what uh, was the name of the publisher, sorry? Epic? Uh, Ep- Epic. So, E-P-Y-X. Oh, never heard of them before. Yeah, so they went bankrupt in 1989. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so, like, uh, Rogue was considered a commercial flop. Mm. Um, like, obviously, it's just had this kind of huge presence and critical acclaim in in the gaming community especially now Mm. um but yeah at the time like uh it flopped i think it was largely attributed to like the competition having more graphically interesting games um and and so yeah kind of a bit of a sad story so like none of the developers are known to have made a profit from rogue um there are rumors that they broke even which like fingers crossed they did because like yeah i spent a bit of time playing it um you can just type you know play uh 1980s rogue in your web browser and a a bunch of options will come up but uh yeah it is it is definitely not graphically interesting hey like uh the whole game is designed using symbols on the keyboard Mm -hmm. um so like the player is the at symbol um you know all the walls and stuff are like parentheses yeah uh so yeah like while the gameplay is awesome in my opinion like compared to you know asteroids and stuff which just had kind of comparatively spectacular aesthetics Mm. um yeah i think i think that's where things kind of went south for both rogue and the publisher that's so fascinating you know like games like dwarf fortress where they've had ascii graphics since the beginning seem to have found their audience um right and you know, maybe they just had like not the right kind of marketing or something. I don't know. Like, it seems like they just struck a real bad time in history to like to come out with this game. Yeah. So I can I can give you some like personal opinions after mm. having played it for a little bit. Um. So like the concepts are insanely fleshed out. Wow. Like, I mean, all the roguelike stuff is there. Um. You know, you're basically. Uh, adventuring through randomly generated dungeons um, like you've got spells to find scrolls to find weapons armor it's all randomly generated enemies um, like it's really fun and it's really fun straight away yeah right. um, and it just it blew my mind that kind of all the stuff that I love in in roguelikes and roguelites today are kind of there 43 years ago. Like, that's fucking crazy to me. Um, And so, yeah, I guess, like, the namesake is is totally deserved, um, in my opinion. 
So like there were a couple of iterations, right? Like I said, that first version was just text symbols, um, but they did eventually, you know, code. So the, the walls were like walls. They were like orange walls and your dude was kind of like a little sprite. And yeah. then um, for like uh, one of the Atari consoles, they did like a color version, um, which was more coding again. But like it was just so rudimentary you know like the dungeons are just rooms you know there's no um like there's no moss you can't tell if anything is stone like it's <laughs> I, I can understand that criticism where it's yeah. like man i would much rather be playing like asteroids or you know some uh, space invaders or some shit like yeah definitely yeah. way more graphically interesting than rogue um mm-hmm. so yeah uh really fucking cool game really had a great time with it um you start off in a dungeon and you basically just have to explore until you find an exit and then you go down a level and you just keep going down a levels and each level becomes harder you find better gear i mean yeah like the concept is there right mm. can um, you can you complete it so um all right, just let whoa, me rewind. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry, I like threw the spatter right into the words. No, no, that's good. This is this episode is all about spanners. All right. Um, speaking of spanners, I'm on, I'm on a new computer because I'm like, you know, sitting up and being all proper in my podcasting, but like I didn't change the settings and so like I can't see the time. I can just see that oh. we're up to we're up to bar one thousand and seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> we're going fine, don't worry. I will keep do you want me to tell you the time? No, 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 keep okay. it a mystery. Okay. Um so yeah, before I talk about the the thing in Rogue that just stopped me by tracks. Um, just to kind of flesh it out a little bit. So, yeah, you, you've got your dungeons, your items, your enemies, and combat encounters are automated. Um, so you've got a bunch of stats really similar to D&D. You know, you've got, like, basically a chance to hit stat, a chance to be hit stat. Oh, so cool. I love this stuff. Right? Health and yeah. strength. And so um, you walk up to an enemy and, and like all the combat is just text at the top of the screen and it's automated. So it's like bat misses you, you miss the bat. Bat misses you, you get an excellent hit on the bat. Bat is defeated. And then like yes, you start yes. walking on. Um, and it's re- like, I don't know how quickly the text scrolled on the original version, but in the web browser version, it was lightning. Uh, the, in the web browser version, sorry, it was lightning fast. And like mm. I was, yeah, it was cool. I liked it. Um, yeah, it just felt like one player D and D, right? Mm, yep. Um, and so, uh, you go along, you're searching for your exits. I got like five levels down. Um, and I'm just like, wow, this game is awesome. Like I'm having, I'm having a great time right now in 2023. And then I'm looking around that fifth floor and the exit doesn't appear. Okay. And I'm like, okay, that's a bit weird. And so, like, for some things, um, actually for a lot of things, I had to, like, Google a list of commands because there there are, like, I don't know, 40 things you can do in Rogue and they're all assigned to, like, different letters and stuff. Oh, right. Um, and it turns out, like, once you get far enough into the dungeons, you have to search for the exit. 
and to search for the exit, you have to press S on every pixel in the dungeon. No way. And, and I was just like, are you serious? Like, this game literally went from fantastic to terrible with one mechanic. Like, what the fuck? That seems um, fucked. So you have to just, how, how many pixels in the dungeon are there? Uh, there's a lot. Okay. There's a lot. There's like, you know, um, if if we uh, look at a room in a dungeon, um, you know, they can vary. But let's say um, there are like maybe 30 squares in a room and you can move on each of those squares. Right. And the room yep. is like a square or a rectangle itself. Right, right. So you have to like S, press S on 30 squares and there might be five or six rooms in a dungeon. Oh, and God. And I was just like, oh, what are you, what are you, what have you done? Um, and I, I, I had to think about it and there is like a, uh, a hunger system, right? So yeah. like you find food, you've got rations when you start the journey. Shout and so every, every episode, sorry, shout out to our survival episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so whenever you do something, like an increment of time passes, right? So if you move, if you search, if you swing at a monster, if a monster swings at you, time passes. And I think that maybe they were just trying to get the most out of the hunger mechanic by right. making it be like, you can run out of food if you don't find the exit. But like in hiding the exit, they just made it like really annoying, you know, like it, it was really fun right up until it wasn't <laughs> yeah i wonder is there like a likelihood for the exit to spawn near certain walls you know like is it like all the all the east side walls are more likely to have the exit or whatever like yeah potentially potentially i mean i couldn't find anything that would kind of give me any hints right. i felt like when i was searching myself i found a bunch of people that were like also searching and then the answer was always did you know you could press the s button to search and oh. i was like oh oh no, oh, no. um <laughs> but yeah i uh i would be interested in looking at maybe an experienced player do a playthrough mm, and yeah, yeah. and and see if maybe like when they're in a dungeon um where you have to search for the exit maybe they'll gravitate to to a certain part of the dungeon and find it easily and then like yeah maybe it is just something um, that does have like a clue or like it's consistent. And so once you know, then it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, imagine in 1980, you know, you can't fucking Google what the hell is going on. I can't find the exit in 1980. Yeah, like yeah. if you've, if you've got this game, um, you're just fucking stuck. I mean, there was probably a pretty expansive booklet if the game came out in 1980, but yeah, still, I was just like, Oh, that's a, that's a bad decision. Y'all. Yeah. Yeah, that's messed up. Um, crazy stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very strange. But like, uh, yeah. What else have I got here? My bro, fucking scatterbrain. March nineteen eighty four. Jerry Purnell named the version of Rogue for the IBM PC his game of the month, describing uh. it as a real time trap. I found myself thinking just one more try far too often. Yeah. Wow. How's that's, that? That's like 1984 thoughts today, you know? Like, right, <laughs> right. Like, I feel like that's the yeah. first time I've seen a kind of documented example of just one more try. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. 
Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's it for Rogue the video game. Um, really enjoying that, like, a bunch of these, um, pseudo-digitized D&D-type games kind of kick off from a university. Like, that's a mm. really, that's a really interesting thing. Um, yeah, across those genres. So, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about roguelikes and roguelites and the difference between them and because like i think this is my favorite genre right like both roguelikes and roguelikes like i really love both of them um and so i've got like a bunch of recommendations based on how difficult they are um so yeah sounds good hit Um, me with those wrecks (laughs) you want the wrecks now before i explain the difference yeah, you know what? I was thinking that. I want to know the difference between roguelike and roguelite. All right, cool. So um, both genres describe games with randomly generated levels and permadeath. Okay. Um, and that's like, you know, that that's rogue. You know, that shit was there. Permadeath, randomly generated levels. Um, but the difference between the two is roguelikes has your progress wiped clean so there's no progression between runs um so like in binding of isaac you find a bunch of uh power-ups that help your run at the time but Mm. when you die and you start again you start with the same health the same power-ups all that stuff so um binding of isaac is like a pretty good example of a a roguelike and a rogue light is generally a, a much easier game. So, like, it gets easier the more time you spend playing because you have improvements that carry over between runs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Hades, great example of a rogue light. Um, you know, that game is at its hardest in the very beginning. And, yeah. like, as you play, you unlock. Um, more gods to give you boons and you also unlock the um, mirror that Nyx gives you and the mirror gives you a bunch of upgrades like you're able to die more times and you're able to do this that and the other yeah and so yeah it's it's a kind of like I don't know it's not very logical right like uh, generally games get harder as you play through the levels. Mm. Um, but with roguelites, like, they get easier for you because you become more powerful. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of like inverted difficulty, but I really like it because it feels really accessible because you can start off playing a roguelite and you're like, wow, this is really hard. And even if you never improve as a player... It gets easier for you. And so, like, it's, I just, I don't know. It's just kind of like a nice design philosophy that, like, um, you know, if you really improve quickly as a player, then the fact that you unlock upgrades between runs is less important and you still get to, like, enjoy the game, but it's just going to be a slightly different experience. Would you say that there's less rogue, uh, rogue likes these days because of that? thing that like i feel like whenever i see a rogue style game or the you know they tend to have some aspect of making the game easier as you go along or like having the sort of carryover between runs facet which feels like there's very few of them definitely definitely um and i think the reason is rogue like uh rogue lights oh my god this fucking episode Uh, it's 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 going uh they're more recent right so like 
the first roguelikes uh, were two games uh, made in 1984 and 1983. We got Hack and Moria, which is a different Moria to the 1975 Moria. No way. Wow, people really were digging Moria back then, huh? Bro, can you imagine these people in 2001 when Fellowship came out? Like, their minds would have just exploded. Yeah. Um. And and both Hack and Moria were basically rogue, but with a bigger scope. So like, you know, they base it they were basically mods for rogue. Right. Um, whereas with roguelites, the first roguelite is considered to be Rogue Legacy. Oh wow, um, which is very recent. Apparently, yeah, that's like two thousand eight, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. And and the developers intentionally coined the term roguelite Whoa. as to describe an easy version of roguelike yeah right so like they yeah they came in with all this intention you know yeah um and and so yeah like that's um i think that's probably the clearest definition between the two roguelikes progress is wiped clean between runs roguelites progress carries over between runs yeah um and then obviously you know, beyond randomly generated levels and permadeath, the game can be about anything. Yeah. Um, so, like, they fit into, like, while the main genre might be, like, roguelike or roguelite, they fit into everything. There's, like, you know, turn-based roguelites and action RPG style and, like, text-based and, like, yeah, you can... Because those concepts are kind of so far-reaching, you can you can do a lot of them, uh, yeah. do a lot with them. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. When a genre can do like whatever the hell it wants. That's really cool. Totally. And I think that's like why I'm just so addicted to the genre because yeah. um yeah, when when I look at the recommendations I've got here, like the games are really different um mm. from each other. So, I'll I'll, uh, I'll chuck you some roguelike recommendations. Hit me um, with those regs, baby. Yeah, so look, I mean, these are these are well-known games. I don't think there's going to be any surprises. Um, so my easy roguelike recommendation is Slay the Spire. Um, and that's like a bit contentious because Slay the Spire gets incredibly difficult. Um, but the, the beginning difficulties and the fact that you've got four characters to play with, um, there's just so much game there, even if you never turn the difficulty up. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, because it is less kind of... Um, you know, you don't need Twitch react. You don't need like fast Twitch reactions to play Slay the Spire. And yeah. so like, if you're just wanting to get into rogue likes, I think it's a really good one because you just get to take your time. And like, it also teaches you how to deck build, which is kind of cool if you want to get into deck builders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good starting point if you're, uh, if you're not super into rogue likes. Um, my medium difficulty recommendation is Enter the Gungeon. Um, I think this is just a, a cracker of a game and it really like captures that, um, just another run kind of thing. I mean, that's such a dumb thing to say because all these recommendations do that. I mean, it's hard <laughs> to think of like what separates Enter the Gungeon from the herd. I guess like all my other recommendations don't involve shooting. Um, you know, I think maybe because, you know, Rogue was based off D&D, um, a lot of the roguelikes and roguelites are about holding a sword and, yeah. like, melee combat. 
Um, and so, yeah, Enter the Gungeon just has a lot of flavor. It's really cute. The sprites are great. And, like, it's a, it's also a bullet hell. Um, yeah. You know, and just already, like, these are my kind of top recommendations for roguelikes. And we've got, like, a deck builder and bullet hell. You know, it's just, like, so insane how varied it is. Would you say um, uh, Vampire Survivors is a roguelike? Um, Those maps are designed, so maybe not, right? Yeah, I mean, it's got permadeath, but yeah, it's a bit different because with Vampire Survivors, there's a timer that ends, you know? Like, the maps are designed and you don't, like... Uh, you pick up I mean, how... stuff that you... Yeah, that's with you for the run that you lose when you die. Yeah, so the permadeath thing is there. Like, it's more yeah. roguelike. Oh, no, but it is. it has a bunch of upgrades, so yeah, it's more roguelite. Yeah, you can buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Buy, yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, I don't know because it doesn't have randomly generated levels, which is, like a big part of the definition. Right, so, like, okay. maybe there's some... Maybe, rogue adjacent? <laughs> is that, like... Is that what you would call it? Yeah, maybe. Um, what about... So, with Hades, the, uh, their dungeons are random, right? They're, they're random? Yeah. yeah. Are, the, are they... Okay. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I was just thinking, because I know that the way that they do it is... Or at least I'm, I think I know the way that they do it is they, like, have, um, like, a specific set of tile sets that work well together, and then they kind of mix and match mm. them, right? Like, they mm. kind of change the way the exits are and entrances are, and what can be on the other side changes every time, and... But more exactly. or less, there's like you, you start to see repeats of rooms in certain ways. Yeah, oh, I mean, like I played that game a lot, and I yeah. definitely like started seeing consistency between room designs. Um, but like Hades is one of the more kind of complicated um, games when it comes to levels. You know, mm -hmm. like when I when I look at a like uh, all these games, I'm looking at like Binding of Isaac, Downwell. Um, even rogue legacy like yeah that hades has a lot of of variety in its room design yeah okay um anyway sorry you, as you were with the rex no no that's cool i mean yeah vampire survivors that's yeah we're going with rogue adjacent if you've got a better name <sighs> let's know <laughs> um yeah so medium enter the gungeon great time and like the best thing about roguelikes for me is that like when you want to play the game it takes like five seconds before you're playing it you mm. know like you you open the game and then you're just in a run like you're playing the game and i love that like i think that you know there's definitely a space for like big story games where i want to be really invested in the characters and stuff but there's also a space where i'm just like oh i don't want to commit to anything and i think i think roguelikes are perfect for that yeah yeah um, and so my hard recommendation for roguelikes is Into the Breach, which oh, is hell yeah. a tactical game. Um, now, Into the Breach, before their most recent content dump, wouldn't have fallen into the hard category for me. But um, when you start a run, it gives you the option to kind of include all of the new content they've added. And it makes things so much harder. Yeah. Um, so even on normal difficulty, victory is is not a certain thing. Um, and like, I think for me, because I've played Into the Breach for a couple of years now, it's it was just like such a great addition. 
Um, but yeah, I think if you're going to first start playing into the breach, maybe don't include that content. And then when you've got your head around like the mechanics and the different mechs and stuff, then turn that puppy on because shit gets real fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, into the breach has been like such a, a um, strong feature in my backlog for so long. Every now, every now and then I'll like try to open it up and then get distracted with something or something will happen. I have to check or I'll, you know, it'll, it'll beat me in such a way where I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, not, not now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of these days though, I'm going to be like, hey man, I came to the, uh, I've got my, the games I played this week, it's just into the bridge. I've played 37 <laughs> hours straight, you know, like that, that's, I can see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like into the breach requires a lot of concentration. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the same can be said to, for Slay the Spire on harder difficulties, but like, you know, a lot, a lot of these roguelikes and roguelites, like I play them cause I just want to switch off. Um, but into the breach, like you gotta be paying attention because yeah. yeah, it's not like, um, it's not like you've got a health bar or something like that. Like it's really specific in its design so that like some mechs have two hits before you're dead some have three and so like if you're not paying attention or you make a mistake and you cop a hit like it's a really bad thing in into the breach <laughs> which yeah. is you know why it's just a bit harder than the others yeah yeah nice that's um, some good wrecks yeah so they're my roguelike wrecks you want to you want to cop my rogue light wrecks hell yeah hit me with those wrecks too <laughs> oh my god um <laughs> So, uh, for easy, I got Hades. Just, um, just play Hades, people. Like, it's just, it's just kind of the best example of what a roguelite can be. And it's got like great characters and all these really interesting story beats. Uh, it's, yeah, it's the best rounded sequel that's come after Rogue in the genre, I feel. Um, my medium wreck is Rogue Legacy. That's kind of um, pretty old at this stage. I think it's like 15 years old. Um, there was a new but... one that came out, right? Yeah. So I think it's actually just come to Switch in the last week or two. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was like an, I think it was an Xbox and PC exclusive for a while. But yeah, I think Rogue Legacy 2 is is out for a bunch of consoles and stuff. I haven't played it, but I'm really keen. Yeah. Um, I've just, yeah, I've heard only great things and like, you got a, got a hand. I don't know how many of the original devs would still be there after 15 years, but you got to, got to hand it to the devs who like intentionally coined the subgenre and made a game to fit it. Like that's, that's some hot shit right there. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, and yeah, hardest roguelite recommendation is Dead Cells. That shit yep. is the, it's the hardest game I've played. Beating that on the hardest difficulty. Good fucking Lord. I was like, you know, when dogs scoot around on their ass, like that's what I was doing when I beat it. <laughs> I think like at your funeral, I'm going to bring it up if I'm alive when you die, because like, <laughs> I'm going to be like, Darian, you know, one of my greatest pals, he goes down in history for a few things, but perhaps one of the most mem memorable was when he beat <laughs> Dead Cells on the hardest. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm joking. Oh I'm joking. I just, I like no, no, I, I would love that. that up. <laughs> I would Which love is that. So good to me. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's just one of the biggest gaming accomplishments yeah. for me, right? Like, yeah. there's there's a couple that come to mind. Um, like that one definitely is at the forefront, just because like 
I tried so hard, you know, like I just really got into that game. I played every day. I, I tried every weapon. I learned all the mechanics. Like I just put so much into it. And so like, it really felt like, you know, I don't know, doing like a fucking uh, semester at uni and like really going hard and getting like a hundred percent on the exam or something like that's the kind of yeah, yeah. vibe that I got. Yeah. Um, my other my other heralded video game accomplishment is when I think you were there actually when JT was like trash talking me about Tetris. Oh. And I was and I was just like, you don't want to verse me against Tetris with Tetris. And he was just like, I can handle it. And I remember not only beating him, but like I beat Tetris. Like the <laughs> credits rolled afterwards. And I was I was just like, take that, you slick uh, son of a bitch. Like yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, Very good. Um Shit, dude. That's all I got. That's my nice. like rogue, roguelike, roguelite data dump. Hell yeah. I feel like I've been through the dungeon. I've touched the mossy walls. <laughs> I've seen the lanterns and I've died a bunch and come back to life with a fresh new perspective on roguelikes. Very oh nice. my god. Yeah, so play play a uh a roguelike this week, y'all. Or a roguelite, you know? Whatever, whatever floats your boat. I'm keen to try Rogue. Like, I'm so intrigued by this hit S to force. Yeah, hit S to search button thing. Yeah, Sounds yeah. Really, I really mean, interesting. maybe, maybe like if you're listening and you're keen, everyone should try Rogue because it's free if if you can access a web browser. So like, yeah. Um, I, the only thing I would recommend is have like a. a you'll find a list online just of what all the buttons do because there's like thirty buttons. Um, mm. and yeah, but man, I had a great time until I was literally just like, are you serious? I've got to press X on every pixel and like, I hope you try it and then you come back next week and you're like, Daz, you dumbass, you're supposed to do this because right. that would make me so happy. I, I really hope I'm the dumbass in yeah. this scenario. And that you can continue <laughs> on. Really yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, there's one final thing here that I've got for us. Um, oh yeah, and let me know your thoughts on this. I'm, I mean, I'm just going to recommend it to the, the listeners and and mm. then see how you feel about potentially doing yep. something about it. But um, Steam Next Fest is on right now, um, and it's oh, been yeah. on since the Feb sixth, and it's going to end on Feb thirteen. So by the time this comes out, you'll be too late. Um, <laughs> Sucked but, in, listeners. Yeah, but uh, there still might be content for you to chew up from us with regards to this if you like darian perhaps we can Ooh. do a little hangout um at some point before the end of next fest and uh play some of these demos yeah i mean how yeah i mean maybe we should talk about that off yeah. the pod but yeah can we like record ourselves in like a let's play format or something yeah i was thinking about doing a stream but we'll figure it out um sick we'll that, that could be really fun yeah i'd yeah. be really interested in that yeah yeah so there's like a metric ton of demos to play through and we could just pick you know three or something and just have a little little quick stream and give listeners something else to to chew on if they miss out on next fest by the time they hear this and feel like they yeah want to see something. anyway i love that i love that idea let's do it let's do it yeah <laughs> Oh shit! Well, you uh, you got any closing thoughts on permadeath or whatever? Um, no, no, I don't. I think you've done a great job covering it. The scattered notes worked well. How did you How did you feel about the scattered notes? F felt great, and like I just, it was obviously a lot less work. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I just, 
put scattered notes of like half thoughts when I was reading up on roguelikes and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was it was much fun both in the research phase and the delivery phase. Yeah, hell yeah. I reckon it's the way to go. Hey, it's pretty fun. It's pretty good. <laughs> like you just get to like, I think it really especially works if you have a good breadth of base knowledge, you know, like if you're able to like pull right. on stuff while you don't yeah. have a note to read in front of you, like if you can just be like, oh, and there's this other thing that I remember about whatever, because, you know, I saw two words on my notes. Like, it's not... yeah. Right. Yeah, I did. I did a lot of that. I was a bit, I was a bit nervous because I put these notes together like a couple of weeks ago. So I'm mm. like, oh, maybe this isn't like how the scatterbrain is supposed to work. Maybe you should do the scatterbrain like a couple of days before the pod, but it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it works. Like I said, if you got that base level of stuff that you can pull on, then it's, then it's all good. Um, Hell I, I'm yeah. not sure I'd, how confident I would be going in if like talking about something that I don't know much about and then trying the same <laughs> technique. I think it would fall pretty flat. But anyway. I think I would find that entertaining. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you would. I don't know how it anyone else would find that <laughs> all right well if if that's it uh we'll leave it there are we actually in a roguelike right now there's permadeath all right <laughs> everyone has a lovely weekend and we'll see you next time when it's almost the weekend again excellent goodbye bye